Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, thinking straight. How are your thoughts getting in the way of your health, happiness, or success? We'll help you overcome those mental obstacles. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, our show is titled Thinking Straight. And we all have voices in our head that run us down, that criticize us. That That freak us out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That make us feel powerless or picked on or isolated or you name it, right? Those thoughts that go through your head that say, you know, you're worthless or you don't deserve this or you're all alone or Or, what's the point? You can't do this. You're never going to achieve, you know, that thing in your life or that goal or that desire or full on chicken little. Like the sky is falling and it's just, it's just everything is just going to fall to pieces because of this one piece in my Jenga puzzle of life. And it knocks the breath out of us and kind of steals our ability to feel like we can do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, St. Augustine um, made the distinction between what he called the press of troubles and oppression. Uh, What he meant by that was that, you know, we've all have stuff we got to deal with. Right there, you know, they're, they're the bills that got to be paid, and the work stress that has to be handled, and the kid crisis that needs to be managed, and you know, whatever, all the fires we have to put out all day long. But then he went on to say that 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 there's the press of troubles, but there's oppression, which is when we start talking to ourselves about how awful all those things are, and how incapable we are of handling those things, and how we have to do it all by ourselves and nobody else out there cares or can help us, or you name it, all the thoughts that go through our heads that cause us to take that press of troubles and and make it oppression because it separate those thoughts separate us from God's grace, from our resources, and from the people in our life that could support us through those difficult times. The reality is that, yes, life is hard, and there is real stuff to deal with. You can't just think your way into a perfect life. You know, thinking positive thoughts doesn't just make the good stuff happen. Okay, I'm sorry. That's that. I'm. I'm. I'm that's. I know the secret says so, but it, it ain't so. Okay? It ain't truth, right? Yes, bad stuff happens. Okay, we're not denying that, but. We can approach that bad stuff. We can approach our brokenness. We can approach those problems. We can approach those difficulties in a way that allows us to stay connected to God's grace, to remain hopeful in the face of trial, to remain powerful 
to remain connected to our supports and to remain positive about the outcome if we watch our thought life. If we can do what St. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5 and hold every thought captive in obedience to Christ and test those thoughts in the presence of God's grace. So we're asking you, what do you tend to pick on yourself about? How do your thoughts tend to make you feel stuck, powerless, alone, unhappy? How do your thoughts kind of get in the way of you being the person that you want to be, doing the things you feel God's calling you to do, making the changes you feel like you need to make, or doing any of those other things that you know would be good for you, but somehow you can't quite get there because of the stuff going on in your head. Let's talk through that and find ways to break through those mental and spiritual barriers so that you can live the life God wants for you. 877 573 7825. Again, that number 877 573 7825. Or perhaps you hear these description and you can see it all over somebody in your life that that spouse or or loved one who is just dealing with anxiety or a feeling of gloom or depression that's keeping them from being everything they could be that child who's panicking before they have to go to school or feeling really low about things and you're thinking how do i reach out how do i help heal this how do i educate them into a healthier way of thinking so they can be open to God's grace and they can be everything that God created them to be. Perhaps there's that parent in your life who's really struggling in the phase of life that they're in right now and you don't know how to reach out and help them to make the changes they need to make. Whether you're struggling with what's going on between your two ears today or you have somebody who is in your life and you want to help them make effective change and not quite sure how to approach it, we're here for you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network at 877 573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. I got to say, you know, your point, Lisa, about when our loved ones are running themselves down. I mean, that's really painful. It's agonizing. I know know when when, when our kids, you know, pick on themselves about something, when you you or I are kind of down on ourselves, it's it's hard. It's hard to to watch that. And and it's hard to know how to support somebody going through that. Because, you know, you can say all kinds of nice stuff like, oh, you know, you really are attractive or you or, really oh, are. Oh, that's not true. You shouldn't think that way. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, it bounces off well, like really bullets off a of Superman's you are a good chest. dad. You're a, yeah. yeah, but then, you know, in the you hear that stuff. Or sometimes even if you say it to yourself, what you really tune into is the voice in the back of your head that says, yeah, right. Exactly. Or, yeah, but you don't really get it. You know, or and, you have to say that because you're this and my, you're my exactly. spouse, you're my kid, you're my mom, you're my dad, you're my, you're supposed to say nice yeah, things exactly. to me. And, and in fact, it's interesting, you know, I don't like to talk about positive thinking um, because there's actually a lot of research that shows that positive thinking can actually make things worse. Newsflash. Um, the reason for that is exactly what I just said. You know, you start saying to yourself things like, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, God won't give you anything that you can't handle. It's all going to be okay. You're going to do it. But you, what do you really hear? You hear in the back of your head that voice that says, yeah, right. 
and and then you end up getting more discouraged and more depressed. And so, fr- at the very least, frightened. Yeah. And so, and that fright experience is just part of that thinking process that we're not given the skills to really take control of. We're going to help you get those skills today. We're going to help you be more than a conqueror in Christ. And so instead of just positive thinking, though, what I like to try to talk about are are the difference between undermining thoughts, which cause us to be alienated from God's grace and our resources, versus solution-focused thoughts that, that help us really connect with his grace and live the life he wants us to live. So if you're struggling with that, give us a call at 877-573- 7825. Again, that number 877-573-7825. Coming at this from the perspective of the theology of the body, you know, we're reminded that the key to achieving the, the incredibly high standards that God has for us in our relationships is leaning into his love and his grace so that God can change us from the inside out. I mean, sure, we have to cooperate with God's grace and, and take seriously his call to conversion, but we can't do it on our own. We can't get there by flogging ourselves to perfection, by beating up on ourselves constantly. You know, it's usually because we think that's what we have to do to improve, beat up on ourselves enough that, that somehow, you know, we'll get humble enough to let that grace seep in. And, and if we're, you know, we hate ourselves enough that God will fix everything that's broken. It's ridiculous, right? We think that if we're not hard on ourselves, we'll never grow or change. But here's the thing. You know, the theology of the body reminds us that how God designed our bodies tells us a lot about what he wants for his plan for our lives. And brain science shows that when we beat up on ourselves, we criticize ourselves, the brain actually locks down and makes it harder to change because it perceives a threat. And when, you're, when your brain is under attack... You just preserve what you always knew and do what you always did and think the way you always thought. In order for your brain to be able to make the changes that are necessary for you to make actual behavioral change, change in your life, um, you, you need to be in a place where you feel calm and safe and loved by yourself and others. The theology of the body helps us see that the best way to create change in our thoughts, in our life, in our behavior, is not to flog ourselves to perfection, but to open ourselves up to God's love, to seeing ourselves the way he sees us, and accepting that loving encouragement that comes from the Holy Spirit, as opposed to turning to that disparaging hatred that comes from listening to an evil spirit. We'll talk more about that throughout the course of the program. How are your thoughts getting in the way of your health, happiness, or success? What do you tend to pick on yourself about or beat up on yourself for? How do your thoughts tend to make you feel powerless, stuck, alone, or unhappy? Or is there someone in your life who's really wrestling with those feelings and you're not sure how to help them? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, your servant, St. Paul, reminds us that we must hold every thought captive in obedience to you. And so, Lord, we bring all of our thoughts to you today. We give you our mind. We give you the voices in our head. We ask you to help us to only hear the voice of your Holy Spirit that, yes, allows us to see the brokenness and sin in our lives, but allows us to confront those things in a spirit of love, 
in a spirit of hope, recognizing the resources that you've given us, the support you've given us through other people, and the grace you give us to be hopeful and make the changes that you require of us. Help us to maintain only those voices in our head that allow us to fulfill your vision for our lives. Lead us and guide us through your grace so that we can only hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see and move in the ways that glorify you. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the the Father, Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, thinking straight. How are your thoughts getting in the way of your health, happiness, or success? What do you tend to pick on yourself about or beat up on yourself for? Or for that matter, is there someone in your life who really tends to be hard on themselves in ways that are just just painful to watch because you love them so much and you just hate to see them suffer, but you're not sure how to support them? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Eleno, who's listening in Houston, Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi there, Eleno. Welcome to More to Life. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, um, Greg, Lisa, thank you for... Hello? Yes, we can, we're can. we getting you, but we're, you're breaking up a little bit. So let's try again. Okay. What's your question for us, Leno? All right. So, guys, good morning. Thank you again for your, uh, for your ministry. I mean, it's helped me so much uh, in, my, in my personal life and listening to you guys and everything. But I'm... Um, I'm calling uh, for my wife, um, and she's struggling. We just had our second baby, and she's just struggling. She says, I'm a horrible mom. I'm, you know, I don't think I'm doing a good job, you know, and I just want to know how I can help her, you know. Um, I know there's postpartum, but she hasn't. I mean, when I talk to people that have had it or stuff like that, she really doesn't have that. It's just like she'll have moments like yesterday, you know, she's like, you should have married somebody else, a good Christian woman. She doesn't feel she's up to par. And then she's like, you know, I told her, like, if it were to be a perfect world for you, you know, what would be a perfect world? She's like, I just want to be left alone. I don't want, I mean, and she says, I hate to feel this way, but I don't want kids. Eleno, let me let me ask you: How long has this been going on? Has it been the entirety of your marriage? Did it happen after the first baby, or is this coming on now after the birth of your second child? I think it's happened since since our second baby. The first one she did have that, but less. Now that we have two, it's more. I see it more in her. And how old is the like, second child? Like she wants to have her space. And, yeah, how old is and the second child? Smaller, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How old is your second child? Uh, she's three. She's about to be four. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, Elena, I'm this sorry, is depression. Your, your, your wife is experiencing a depression. Uh, you know, th- th- this is the way, whether it's postpartum depression or not, uh, it is a depression uh, that, that's been going on for, for quite a while. The, it went, what, you know, it's not, it's, it's, 
it's normal for any mom, especially any parent, but but any mom, to sometimes feel like they're not up to snuff, like they're doing a bad job, you know, they're having a hard day. You know, every, every mom has those days where they say, you know, I just I'm just I'm just not doing this. I'm, I feel like a bad mom. I, I'm not getting you know I'm not getting any sleep. I feel like I'm a failure as a wife. Whatever that that happens to everybody. Okay, but what you're describing is a whole nother level of problem. Okay, when she's saying I just want to be left alone. Sometimes I wish I didn't have kids. You should have married somebody else. That's depression talking, and that's very, very serious. Now, there are two things that I want you to do. Right? The first thing that's the most important thing is, is as her husband, I need you to insist that you guys go to, go to a good therapist together. She, you know, Don't say, oh, honey, you're crazy. You need to go to counseling. I want you to say, honey, we're having a hard time with this. I'm having a hard time knowing how to support you, and you're having a hard time rising to all the challenges that, that, that we're facing as a, as a family, and I really want to know how to best to support you and how we can get through this together. So I have made us an appointment to speak with a good and when I tell you, a marriage-friendly therapist, the reason I'm pushing marriage-friendly therapy, even though it's not a marriage problem, is because those are folks who are really positive about marriage and family life, and you need somebody who, who really can operates in that context. Yes, right? I mean, if you go to somebody who isn't marriage-friendly, you're going to hear things like, put the kids in daycare and just go get a job because you're not fulfilled. It's you, not or going you mar- to... Or you did marry the wrong person. Yeah, it's not and, yeah. going to address her real depression so, and what you need to do so to marriage change fr- it. So marriage-friendly therapists do treat dang anxiety and depression and other kinds of emotional and mental problems. It's just that they are marriage friendly. So that's why you're wanting to work with somebody who is a marriage friendly therapist and I want you to make that appointment for her. Uh, and I want you to go together with her to learn how best to support her in there. This is not something you want to fool around with. You know, she she's she's not indicating suicidal ideation exactly, but she is sort of talking about how she wishes she wasn't there and that you wish that she wishes you married somebody else and absenting herself from your family yeah. means she's drawing farther and farther and farther away to try to make herself sort of not exist we don't want this to go any further it could get very dangerous so that's the first thing you need to be doing you need to take this seriously this is depression talking and she needs to get help right away so i need you to make that appointment to make that happen she won't want to do it because she's going to feel like a failure it's going to make her feel at first like like she she's just crazy and stupid and you think that she's crazy and and a bad mom and 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 she's going to hear all you're going to hear all that okay say i love you too much to let you get stuck in this we're going together we're going to work through this you're gonna have to be really strong on that her tears and her fears and the words that come out of her mouth may scare you and you'll say well then we just won't if it makes you that uncomfortable honey but it's okay to make her feel uncomfortable enough through this to get her to a place of healing. Now, the second thing that I need you to do in the meantime or along the way, okay, don't try to be her cheerleader, all right? Don't tell her, oh, you're great, you're, yeah, don't listen to that. You know, the more you do that, the worse it gets because she just hears he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand, okay? What you need to do is say, I love you, honey. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I am here for you. Let's think, let, think with me for just a minute. What's one small thing that's going to help you feel like you're getting your feet underneath you in the next, like, hour or so? What's one thing that I can do to help you feel a little more confident or a little more connected with the kids or a little bit better about yourself? Can I help you get a shower? Can I help you get a nap? Can I help you handle this situation with the kids? What, what's one small thing you can do to start to get your feet underneath you again, even the next couple hours here? Focus on tiny steps. Ask, don't tell her what to do. Ask her what tiny steps she could take 
to try to get her feet back underneath her just for the next couple hours to feel a little better about herself, a little more connected to you, a little more connected to the kids. The more you focus on that kind of conversation instead of trying to talk her out of her feelings, the better it's going to be. And I I want to encourage you, if she points to things about self-care, like getting a shower or getting a nap, make sure she gets those things. But also try to come up with at least one thing a day that you can do as a family. Little things. Story time when you're all sitting there with the little ones. Or playing a small game. Or baking cookies together. Something that makes you all feel connected that won't overwhelm her. And if you're baking cookies together, you be the one to clean up the kitchen. But something that's just going, even if it's 10 minutes where she feels like all of you are connecting, you'd be amazed at how much that's going to start to feed her and saying, okay, I can do this. I feel more connected in this moment. I can build on another moment of connection. Yeah, don't let her absent herself from this. Don't say, right. oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the kids. with the kids or I'll read to the kids. She needs to feel like a success with this. And if she can come alongside of you while you're you're taking the lead and facilitating these things, then at the end of it, you feel all good that you, you did this activity together and she feels grateful to you for helping her out. She feels connected to you and the kids. So she feels like a better mom and a better wife and a better person. That's what you want to do. You, the more you send her away and say, oh, honey, you just go rest, the more she just crawls under the, uh, under the blankets and pulls the pillow over her head and wishes that she was dead. All right. So this is, again, this is very, very serious, Elena. I need you to get her, get her some serious, some real help and go with her. And I need you to approach this the way I'm describing instead of trying to talk her through it. I appreciate the call. If there's more that we can do for you through the Pastoral Solutions Institute, this is the kind of thing that we do help people with through our pastoral counseling, uh, telephone counseling practice. But if you want to work with somebody local, you can go to marriagefriendlytherapists.com. If you can't find somebody there, call us at catholiccounselors.com. We'll help you. Uh, but this is definitely something you want to take take seriously, Elena. Thanks for the call. We're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're continuing to talk with you about the way that thoughts undermine your ability to be healthy, happy, successful, the person that God wants you to be. If you or someone you love is struggling to connect with those healthier ways of thinking about yourself or your situation, we want to help you through it. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue after the break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. Do you remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good? He said, only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. CMF Turo is the Catholic healthcare option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest healthcare sharing ministries, CMF Turo offers a pro-life Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Turo is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today we're talking about thinking straight. Excuse me. How are your thoughts getting in the way of your health, happiness, or success? The fact is, life is hard. We all have stuff we got to deal with. Uh, and a lot of that stuff isn't fun. But we can make those struggles infinitely more difficult by the way we think about them. And St. Ignatius of Loyola talked about the importance of clinging to consolations as opposed to desolations. Let's talk a little bit about what the difference of those things is in our first more to life hack, which is tune in. You know, we're reminded in Second Corinthians 2 5 that St. Paul tells us to hold every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Thoughts pass through our heads all the time, but as Christians, it's our job to test whether those thoughts represent the whisperings of the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. And when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, the thoughts in our heads do allow us to see the problems that need to be addressed, but we're simultaneously able to see the resources he's given us to solve those problems. The people that God has placed in our lives to help us and all the ways God can use our present situation to work for our good. You know, when our thoughts are being influenced by an evil spirit, that's what St. Ignatius of Loyola called a desolation. And in those times, all we can focus on is how we're hopelessly broken, how no one can help us, how there's no point in even trying. We need to recognize that hopelessness and powerlessness and isolation aren't gifts or fruits of the Holy Spirit. When we feel that way, we've got to bring those feelings to God and ask him to help us see the situation through his eyes and tune into his voice, showing us how to regain our sense of hope, power, and support. The better we get at bringing those undermining thoughts, those desolations to God, the more he's going to show us how to cooperate with his grace and be able to overcome every challenge we face. What are those thoughts that are getting in the way of your health, happiness, success, or joy? We want to help you be the person that God is calling you to be by tuning into his voice and getting out of your own way. If you or someone you love is struggling to do that, we're here to help. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue after the break. Stick around. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Suffering in the world, personal suffering. One of the biggest things that keeps people from really giving themselves over to the Lord or joining an organized religion. Suffering doesn't seem to make sense. Why do children suffer? Why are there wars? Why is there persecution? Why are some people poor, others rich? Why is there such an imbalance? And on and on and on. A loving God wouldn't do that. 
Well, God doesn't do that. First of all, we did it to ourselves because in the beginning, right, we chose incorrectly. And then sin came into the world. It was not supposed to be like this, but God gives us free will. He does not want to force himself on us because otherwise we would be puppets. But how many of us can look back and forget what came out of a particular hard time? You don't learn really good, strong lessons when everything is going great. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. Oh, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence. Awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes. Let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered, respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchak. New parents all have the same question. How do we get this new baby that we just made grow up to be a child who loves God? The answer lies in you. A child's capacity to trust God is learned at a very early age and is modeled after her ability to trust you. Little things such as how long your child cries before you respond to her could impact the degree to which your child is capable of trusting God and others later. If you're worried about your child's spiritual formation, remember that holiness and a love for God is learned first at home. What can you do today to demonstrate the love of God for your child? Well, you could dive a little deeper into self-donation. The little decisions you make now will have a lasting impact on how much your child trusts and loves God in the future. For more Catholic parenting tips, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. All of us have thoughts that get in our way, that undermine us, that run us down, that con- that disconnect us from God's grace or the resources that God's given us or the people that God has placed us in our lives to support us. We all give into it from time to time. How are your thoughts getting in the way of you being the person that God is calling you to be? What do you tend to, pick, tend to pick on yourself about? Or do you have somebody in your life who you're seeing running themselves down or making themselves worried or anxious or crazy in some way, and you're just not sure how to help them? We're here for you. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Jennifer, who's listening in Houston, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio. Hi there, Jennifer. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Yes, hello. Um, 
first of all, thank you for taking my call. I um, feel that God sometimes talks to me through the radio. And this morning, when you came on and said um, that someone's listening to voices and they don't know if it's from God or or what, and they drive themselves crazy, you were describing me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been um, just recently um, getting a thought where I can't let go of not wanting to have more children. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very conflicting. I should be blessed to have the two children I had. Um, with my first pregnancy, I almost died, and um, my daughter was born very premature. And um, I was able to have a second. He was also premature, but um, I, I still I don't know what the best thing to do is. I have in the past struggled with um, being a perfectionist, wanting, you know, things to go my way. And, uh, you know, when when I got married, I wanted to have a big family. I come from a big family. And for me, it's just so hard, so hard to to have to deal with this. And I don't know how to just let it go to God. I've, I've prayed. I've done, I've even done things that I've offered, like, my time for other moms who have huge families. I, I don't know what to do to calm myself. Jennifer, let me ask I you a question know. here. This, this is going to seem, might, might, this might seem like it's coming out of left field, but let me just ask you, you know, when you talk about being a perfectionist and, and you know, first of all, first of all, let me just say, I, I, you know, the desire for, for a large family is a beautiful thing. And, and the desire for the, for these children, it, it's a, it's a good thing. You want good things. Your, your desire is to be a godly woman and to do what God wants you to do. Those are all beautiful, beautiful things. So I want, I want, to, I want to affirm that and commend you on, on, your, on your beautiful heart. But I also want to ask you this question, though. You know, when you talk about being a perfectionist and you know, um, feeling like maybe uh, you, you don't measure up, do, do, you, do you kind of struggle with feeling like you're just not good enough because you can't have what you're looking for or that you don't have the same life that other people do. Is that part of this too, maybe? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. The reason I asked that, okay, is because we actually talk about this a lot in, in my book, Broken Gods, Hope, Healing, and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart. And what you're dealing with, um, it, you might not think of it this way, but, but the, this is actually uh, one of the forms that envy can take. Because what, when, And I talk about in the book how when, we, when we're struggling with envy, when we kind of look around and see all the other people, that, what they have, and we feel like we're not enough because we don't have that, what that really is is a twisting of the divine longing for dignity. Each of us wants to know that we're worthwhile, that we're good, that we're lovable, that, we, that, we, that God loves us, that we're that we're pleasing him okay we all want that there's a divine longing to know those things and i call that the divine longing for dignity but the way we try to sometimes express that is by saying i know that i will be able to prove to myself that i am worthwhile that i am good that i am lovable that i can please god only if i can have all the things that that person over there has or do all the things that that person has done or achieve these things that this person has and and it ends up being a way that we we chase our tails and become obsessed with the things that that either God doesn't want to give us or that we can't have or shouldn't pursue because we end up feeling like on the one hand like you're saying you know you have a very serious reason to postpone at the very least a pregnancy if if not 
you know, abstain from having another child for, for, forever. I don't know what the answer to that is. That's something you have to continue to take to prayer and talk over with your doctor and your husband. But, but in terms of the immediate feeling of I'm not good enough or I can't be lovable or worthwhile enough, that's coming from this divine longing for dignity to know that you are lovable and worthwhile and good as you are. And that's where we want to be putting that energy asking God, what can I do, Lord, to help open my heart up to how much you love me and knowing my worth in your eyes? And I have to say that as women who really do see what's true and good and beautiful and having a big family and having children and have even a desire in our heart for for that, when we have physical or other major issues that keep us from being able to do that. And then we hear the words envy. We think, no, no, no. Envy is for people who, you know, want the next fancy car or the even bigger house or the, you know, whatever materialistic thing that we put on the idea of envy in a very worldly way. We can't, we never think how can doing something as good as what God has asked us to do to bring children into the world, to grow our families, how could that involve envy? Because that is truly, you know, what we're supposed to, in quote, supposed to be doing. And so then we beat ourselves up. Right. But envy is really the sin of believing that if I don't have X or can't achieve Y or can't do Z, God can't love me and I'm not good enough. It's a twisting of that divine longing to know that I am precious in God's eyes. And so what I really need you to be doing is I want you to read every day. I want you to write down the ways that you experience God's love in your life and the love of the people in your life. You might have a hard time with this at first, but every day I want you to really write down the little blessings that God brings into your life. And I want you to see each of those things, not just as luck or good fortune or just a happenstance, but as God saying, Jennifer, I love you so much that I got you that parking spot close to the grocery store, uh, that I got you those children to give you that beautiful hug or that, that one moment where you were able to bring a smile to that person's face. I gave you those gifts to be able to do that. I love you. I I want you to write down the times that your husband does things that that please you and make you feel like a lovable person, or at least he's trying to do that, right? I want you to write down the times when you see your children smile when you come into the room. I want you to write down those things, and I want you to give God praise for each one of those things. Thank you, Lord, for letting me make a difference in this person's life. Thank you, Lord for helping me be able to bring a smile to that person's face. Thank you, Lord, for, for showing me that you love me in this way. I want you to, to really do an inventory of the ways that God is loving you, the people in your life are loving you, and the ways, the simple ways you make a difference in the lives of those around you. Because those are the ways that we remind ourselves of our true dignity in God's eyes. We don't achieve that dignity by making sure that we have all the same things that our friends have or achieve all the same things that the people we know do uh, or, or be all the things that our people around us are. We achieve our dignity by knowing how much God loves us and by seeing the little ways that we can make a difference in the lives of those around us. That's what I really want you to focus on. We walk through this step by step in that chapter on envy in Broken Gods. And for other listeners, we, we go through actually all of the seven deadly sins and talk about the seven divine longings behind each of those sins and how to address those in healthy ways to let God's grace in. 
But I think it's going to change your life, Jennifer, and I really want to encourage you to, to, to start with the exercise we're giving you here on the air, but follow up with Broken Gods and, and really look th- work through the process that we, we talk in there so that you can start to learn this part of, learn to love this part of yourself that's, that's tormenting you so much right now. And it's only when you start to heal that torment that you'll be able to sift out where the Holy Spirit is in all of this and what God is calling you to do in terms of growing your family or not growing your family and how to do that you know you're so caught up in the physicality of this in the exhaustion of this in the perfectionism and everything that greg is saying that you know perhaps your stumbling blocks that have been put in your life the the very very real and and difficult physical challenges that you and your children have gone through are pointing you to to satisfy that idea of you know that calling for having more children through adoption or through foster care but you will never know that you will never be able to clearly discern that till you start healing this part of you and going through these steps so that you can get rid of all of these voices that are tormenting you and really be able to hear what God is is giving to you and asking you to receive remember remember what Elijah discovered you know God's voice was in that whispering breeze and you can't hear his voice whenever you have these big storms going on walking through the process that I'm talking to you about is going to help you calm the storms so that you can hear that quiet gentle voice of the Holy Spirit counseling you on how to fulfill this longing that you have in your heart. So let's take care of step one first, and step two will reveal itself then. Uh, Follow up with with, uh, Broken Gods, and if there's more that we can do for you to get you the rest of the way, if you feel like you need somebody to kind of walk you through the process, contact us at catholiccounselors.com to learn more about our Pastoral Solutions Institute's telephone counseling practice. But Jennifer, God bless you. You have a beautiful, beautiful heart. You're You're a wonderful woman of God, and I just can't affirm you enough, and thank you for calling in with your question. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about how your thoughts, like all of our thoughts, can sometimes get in the way of our health, our happiness, our well-being, undermine our relationships, and just cause all kinds of problems for us. So if you're tired of running yourself down, picking on yourself, or feeling like you're stumbling over your own two big fat feet, we are here to help you get out of your own way and start working with God's grace to live the life that he wants for you. 877-573-7825. Let's talk with Liz, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New York on Sirius 130. Hey there, Liz. Welcome to Mortal Life. What can we do for you? Liz, are you there? Mm, Liz, going once. All right, Liz, I'm sorry. We're having some technical difficulties there getting in touch with you. Where are we going to next, Lisa? We're talking right now with our next listener who's listening in Colorado. Hey there, listener. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Um, nine, nine? You there? I think I think that's me. Yeah, okay. I think that's you. Can you hear me all right? We can. Yay. Thank What's you. going on? Um, today's program really is touching a nerve for me, and I'm not quite sure where to start, but all the negative um, thoughts seem to be compounding in my life. And a lot of things not working um, quite like I had hoped them to be. Um, a perfectionist speaks to me. Um, always being late, never finishing big projects. I have children that are angry with me because I divorced their abusive dad. Um, and that whole process. But um, losing my job and not being able to find a replacement 
is a big source of it. Sure. No, and those are very real problems that you're describing. And like I've been saying through the program, you know, challenging our thoughts doesn't mean that the stuff we're going through isn't serious uh, or that the problems that we're facing aren't real. And you definitely are dealing with very real and serious problems. What can we do to help you approach those problems in a more helpful, uh, more hopeful, more confident uh, way that allows you to acknowledge the resources that God is giving you to deal with those problems, to connect to the support of the people around you, and to see this through his, his eyes? Well, I thought I was being fairly positive and... Um, but it seems that there may be an underlying attitude that comes through that may I present myself negatively to others as I'm going through various job interviews and such. Give me an example of what you mean. Sure. Well, um, in going through an interview and. I'm not 100% sure, but seeming like this one went really quickly and there weren't a lot of questions and the questions that I asked them didn't seem to make a connection and therefore I don't think it's going to be positive and I'm not sure that, that I'm presenting myself with my best foot forward, so to speak. So, But you're judging that based on the reaction that you're getting in the interview or are you judging that based on your own kind of perception of your performance? I think both. My perception in the interview and the interaction that we had through the course of the interview. Okay. Well, look, the, the, the reality is we can never know what other people are thinking about us. And so anytime we put ourselves in a position of trying to judge our success or um, our status based on what we think somebody else is thinking, it ends up being a fool's errand, right? I mean, we all do it, but but, it, but we have to really be careful about how much we go to that place because uh, we can't ever know unless they come out and tell us, you know. So the, the only thing you can do is focus on your process when it comes to these, these things. What I mean, what do I mean by that? Well, most people who are kind of struggling uh, with feeling powerless or feeling stuck, they, they focus on outcome. You know, uh, I need to be able to make X happen in order to be happy. I need to be able to make Y happen to feel successful. Uh, that kind of thing, right? And that's natural enough. We all want good things to happen. There's nothing wrong with that specifically. But we, but we, the problem is we can't control any of that. I mean, the only thing we can control is the process. So let me take a simple example. I can't control the grade I get on a test right? But I can control the process I use to prepare for that test. And if I go into a test and I know that I've studied well and I've taken good care of myself and made sure I got good sleep the night before and had a decent breakfast the morning of and, you know, that I, I, I talked to my fellow students to make sure that I didn't miss any notes and those sorts of things, I have a good process and I can be confident in that process and feel good about myself even if I don't get exactly the grade that I wanted. My process is good and I can feel successful because I used a good process even if the outcome may or may not be exactly what I want, okay? Because you can't control that outcome. Maybe the teacher was grumpy when they graded my paper, right? You see what I'm saying? And the same thing is true here. 
you have to look really hard at what your process is for preparing for the job interview, for going through the interview, for getting your resume in good in good place. Yeah, so part of that process is going to be, as Greg said, getting your resume together, making sure you know about the company that you're applying for, but also doing things that are really um, helpful to us now in, in this time where we have so many resources. So going on YouTube and, and watching videos about how to really hit it out of the park on a job interview, reading things even on Pinterest that say, you know, how to present yourself well at a, a job interview, everything from how you dress to the questions you ask. And if you look at all that stuff and you say, I'm doing well, I'm doing those things, well, good, feel good about yourself, okay? Right. And I understand that, you know, you, you want that you need to get the job. I know that those bills need to be paid and that's scary, okay? But you focus on the process and you trust the outcome to God by saying, okay, God, help me do what you want me to do right now so that I can trust that you can work best through me. But the more we gum up the works so of that process with with these negative thoughts and with um, you know with trying to control them, the worse the whole thing gets for us. So I, I just want to really encourage you to focus on that process. And by the way, you're dealing with an awful lot of things. The single mom with, of kids who are mad at you, a history with abuse, the joblessness. I really want you to start to see if you can reach out to either some good supportive groups in your area, in your parish, contact uh, Catholic charities in your area to find out about uh, reduced cost counseling in your in your neighborhood because you, you need some additional support beyond just what you got dealing with this on your own. But these steps will at least get you started and then you can follow up from there. Thank you so much for the call. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're continuing to talk with you about how our thoughts get in the way of our health, happiness, and success. Stick around for more Immortal Life after the break. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy, and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Does waving to a neighbor improve our well-being? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. According to a Gallup survey from last month, it does make us feel better. It's hard for some people to wave or even say hello to a neighbor. For some, it's just the opposite. In our community in Michigan, neighbors drive by and rarely wave. In Florida, where we spend some time, it's just the opposite. The survey indicates that people who regularly say hello to multiple neighbors have higher well-being scores. The perfect zone of well-being is six greetings. A greeting may be a wave, a hello, a fist bump, or even a grunt. There are other benefits like feeling safe, financial well-being, and even career well-being. In Scripture, 1 Peter teaches us to keep loving one another earnestly and show hospitality without grumbling. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on how friendliness leads to well-being at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com.
Thanks for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking with you about how our thoughts undermine our health, our happiness, our well-being, and sense of success. Give us a call if you're struggling with your thoughts, 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Stephanie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Connecticut. Hey, Stephanie. Welcome to More to Life. What's up? Hi, um, my name is Stephanie. I'm calling about some problems I've been dealing with for about six years. Um, I was married for almost 25 years to a man who, who um, he was a, a loner type. He was born in Italy and adopted. I had a child. We didn't have any children together because he kind of avoided avoided having children with me. That was an, a big emotional stress for me. Um, raising my daughter in the Catholic faith. Um, she then found some bad company and got pregnant at 17 and a half, and I helped raise my granddaughter, giving her a, trying to give her a safe home. Um, with mounting stressors, I, I, um, and the mounting stressors with my, my husband and my daughter, I, and my mother-in-law, I, now, Stephanie, just just to, just to give you a heads up, I got three minutes before they kick me out of here, and it says okay, on the board well, here that they, that you're dealing with recurring thoughts of failure after your divorce. Yeah, is that is right. that what you're wondering Basically, about? Basically, after right, all the mounting stressors in my life, I I got divorced, and now I just have feelings of failure, like I didn't do enough for my husband, I didn't do enough for my daughter, I didn't do enough for people, and I actually have lost you know my siblings. Some of them don't talk to me anymore, so I just feel like I could have done more, or I could have done more if I prayed more. You know, it's just thoughts of failure like, yeah could i have done more sure I, i'm no. so sorry that you're that you're dealing with all of that and i understand where you're coming from but i, I want i want to i want to highlight something that i think is kind of coming across to me not just as a result of the divorce and and all that because of course everybody feels nobody gets married to get divorced everybody feels they struggle with those feelings of failure and, and all of that uh, but 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 beyond that you know you were still dealing with the same these same feelings of i need to make this work or i'm not doing enough even when you were living with this man who couldn't love you and didn't want to have children and you know you, you were taking it on yourself to make this all work somehow and what that points to is what's called an anxious attachment style um, anxious attachment comes from being raised in a household where, for whatever reason, we as kids had to work harder than the average bear to get our parents to, to attend to our needs in a prompt, generous, or consistent way. Sometimes that's because our parents you know, were afraid of spoiling us. Sometimes that's because our parents had their own issues to deal with and they couldn't be fully present to us. Um, there are lots of different reasons for it. But basically, when you grow up in a household where you feel like it's your job to work hard to get mom and dad to pay attention to you and attend to your needs, you get the, uh, you, you get the message on this very strong gut level that it's your job to make relationships work even when you can't make them work. And you tend to attract people who can't love you the way that you want to be loved, and then you work really, really hard to try to push all the right buttons and twist yourself into the right shape knots so that you can get the real person that you know, you just know, is very deep down inside of them that will allow them to love you the way you want to be loved. 
it, it ends up being a fallacy that you build your entire life around. And so that there is healing for that anxious attachment style, but it takes identifying what that's really about because otherwise you end up just chasing your child, trying to do more and more and more for people to less and less and less effect. And that sounds like the story of your life right now. I want you to pick up a book by Tim Clinton called Attachments. It's going to walk you through those different attachment styles and start pointing you in a direction of healing those uh, that, that anxious attachment style. And there's another great book, of course, by Conrad Bars called Healing the Unaffirmed, which I think will be very useful to you. Um, and if there's more that we can do to support you through this process of healing, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com to learn more about our telephone counseling practice because we do a lot of this kind of work with folks in healing these these attachment wounds. Um, but, but I want to thank you for reaching out to us, and I want to let you know that there is healing for this. Uh, it just takes looking in a different place than you have been. Thank you so much for the call. we got to get out of here, but thank you for sharing your journey with us today and letting us walk with you during this part of your journey. If there's more we can do to support you in living a more joyful and abundant marriage, family, or personal life, check out all the resources we have for you at CatholicCounselors.com, including information about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telephone counseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your life. CatholicCounselors.com or 740-266-6461. To More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.